0: You're listening to RHR Talks, the podcast where the RHR team talks all things recruitment and advertising. We're going to be covering various topics on which we're regularly asked by candidates and hiring managers and offering our industry insight, which we hope you'll find useful, whether you're looking for that next opportunity or just to find the best talent. I'm Paul Walsh, one of the consultants at RHR. This week, you've got the opportunity to listen to our most recent webinar around working in recruitment and more specifically working for RHR. I'm joined with my colleague Jason Ellis as we hopefully give you a flavour of what a career in recruitment could offer. And if you are interested, why RHR could be the right business to join. This isn't a sales pitch, but hopefully a really honest insight as to what we look for when hiring for ourselves and what the day to day of a recruiter would involve.
1: Welcome to our RHR Talks workshop on working for RHR. Um, my name's Jason Ellis, I'm the Group Trading Director uh, for the, the company, um, and basically what that means is I oversee the, uh, the consultancy divisions um, and the, the teams that, that sit within those divisions. I've been with the business for a little over 15 years. Um, prior to that, I used to work in retail management for Safeway and Curry's PC World. Ah. Afternoon, everybody.
0: Um, I will just do a little bit of an introduction on myself. So my name is Paul Walsh. Um, so I'm a senior account manager based actually in the London office. So I work on yeah on the, the recruitment team, recruiting across the uh, the UK. My background was in retail management, mm-hmm. uh, similar to Jason, but slightly different brand with Topman and Topshop. And yeah, I've been with RHR actually for the past seven years. So what we're gonna do is I will take you through a bit of an overview of what we want to cover today. Obviously the workshop today is about working for ourselves. So a couple of areas that we will cover. So we'll give you a history of our HR. So a bit more context around who we are, how long we've been around. Looking at our core values. um, So really, I guess what our values are to ourselves as employees, but also what we aim to deliver to candidates and clients. Then, obviously, the services that RHR offers to candidates and clients. Now, that's a little bit more around you know, what we do, essentially, and then the services that we do provide. Obviously, the reason that you guys are here, the role of a recruitment consultant. So, what does that day-to-day look like? That is a question that I get asked quite regularly. So, hopefully, we can give you a little bit more context around what the job role itself would be. And then moving on to look at what we would look for within our recruitment consultants. Again, a question I get asked quite regularly is, would it be something that's quite right for me? Um, And, you know, the reality is it isn't necessarily the best fit for everyone. So we'll look at that in a bit more detail. um, And that will be linked to why work in recruitment. There are some challenges uh, naturally within any sales role, so we'll look at the challenges of working in recruitment and finally, why choose RHR and hopefully what we would be able to offer you as an employer as well.
1: Okay, so let's talk about the history of RHR. Um, So we were established in 1988. We actually celebrated our 33rd birthday on Tuesday. Um, The business was set up by Peter Burgess, so Peter's our MD. Um, He had a career in retail management prior to working um, at RHR and setting up the business. So he was in senior management there, um, decided he wanted to, uh, to make a move and look for something else, signed up with a lot of agencies, and then realized there was a gap in the market for a recruitment agency that specialized solely in retail and hospitality. Um, So there he had the idea of setting up RHR, and the rest is history. Um, The RHR group is actually made up of four different businesses. So RHR being a recruitment consultancy. We also own Fashion and Retail Personnel, which is another recruitment agency. Um, They specialize in temporary recruitment, international and design production and technical. So slightly different roles that they recruit for to that of RHR. Um, we also run a, uh, an online uh, job board, an offline print magazine called The Retail Appointments. And we have a recruitment advertising agency called Together Communications. Um, so our core market, uh, obviously, when we set up in 1988, it was uh, to service retail, hospitality and leisure. Um, since then and over the years, we have branched out into uh, into other markets where there are those transferable skills. So we work in media and advertising with companies such as JC Deco and Gumtree. Um, we work with some wholesalers, um, one of which is a, a, a Scotch whisky wholesaler called William Grant, um, the other being a, a company called the Campari Group, which are uh, an international business, So William Grant sell lots of whiskies um, and uh, gin, such as um, Hendrix. Uh, Campari have things like Aperol Spritz um, and Campari themselves. We've worked with the the NHS. We've worked um, with some social care providers such as Paradigm Housing. And we've worked with a a lot of online e-tailers such as QVC, Misguided, eBay. Um, so, our portfolio of clients is quite, um, quite broad and quite diverse now.
0: So, let's talk a little bit about our core business values. Um, and obviously, you can see the three points that we've got on the screen. So, let me break those down for you in a bit more detail. So, Building strong relationships, um, you know, it, it's something that's really, really important to us from both a candidate perspective and obviously a client perspective. So looking at candidates, um, we do actually have really strong candidate management. We have something called candidate ownership, which might not mean a huge amount to yourselves, but essentially what that means is that candidate has that one consultant as that point of contact within the business the reason behind this is because you can continue to build that relationship. It's um, it's not just a transactional, let's send your CV here, see if something works. If it doesn't, someone else will be in touch. So that relationship piece is really strong. Obviously, what goes hand in hand with that um, candidate ownership is candidate updates. So we actually do regular candidate updates, um, making sure that we're aware of, what is happening within that person's job search, whether we have a role for them or whether we don't. So that's something that happens at least every three months. The market is difficult. We might not always have that person's dream role. So actually the key thing is, is just keeping updated with what's going on on both sides. Candidate relationships more often than not can turn into client relationships, and that's all the importance of creating that great experience on both sides. I've had it happen to myself quite regularly, um, so yeah, that's that's the key thing about building that relationship there. From a client perspective, um, a lot of our client relationships have actually been in place for a very long time. I know some of my key accounts I've been working with for some of them sort of four to five years actually um, and built some actual great friendships as well um, through those relationships. We also attend a number of regular meetings with our clients, we want to get as much face-to-face contact when permitting Um, so we have professional um, events and obviously social events as well. Honesty, integrity. Um, you know, the recruitment industry. If I'm being honest with you, again, can have quite. A, it's got quite a negative perception in the market. We really try everything we can do to break that perception. We, um, thankfully, have a really good reputation within the industry as being professional and acting with integrity. We've um, we've actually been told this by some of our competitors as well.
1: Yeah, what's, um, what's really interesting about the, the markets that we operate in our core markets in retail and hospitality, the, the relationships that we have with the competition are, are quite different, actually, to that in maybe some other sectors that are perhaps a little bit more um, hard sales. Um, we do we do speak to the owners of, of McCarthy, of Zachary Daniels, of Switch Consulting, and we actually have a, a, a very good working partnership with them. It's not something where we see them as the enemy or anything like that. We do share information, share successes and best practices, and they've um, they've always said, you know, we've been in the the market for the longest, we've got the best reputation out there for that. Uh, honesty and and, and integrity and it's something that we do hold really close to our hearts
0: and the the final one is is delivering exceptional quality um we're a very process driven business when it comes to our systems um we are iso accredited which you know it's that's based on the quality of our data management and our systems um i'm quite a process driven person anyway so it's, it's perfect for me but um yeah, everything is really kept in check to make sure that we are able to, you know, offer the other core values there around candidate management and uh, honesty as well.
1: Okay, so the the services that we offer to, to clients, we don't just offer recruitment services. There's, um, there, there's a number of different uh, aspects and avenues that, that, that we do offer to clients. So advertising is one. I spoke to you earlier about um, the the retail appointment and Together Communications. So the retail uh, appointment will sell advertising packages to a wide range of clients, mostly in retail and hospitality, uh, to be honest with you, but they will advertise all of their vacancies on those websites with the, the applications going back to themselves. And Together Communications are on hand to offer advice maybe around copywriting or around where the best place to to advertise would be. Um, Or indeed, Together Communications actually buys advertising space for clients because they can get that space at a preferential rate as opposed to the client going direct. Um, We obviously uh, offer advertising on our own website to any clients that work with us. Um, From a recruitment perspective, um, there's, there's really kind of three key methodologies um, when it comes to a traditional recruitment assignment so um, utilizing the database which has one fee um, an advertised search assignment which basically means that we'll produce some branded adverts with the response coming back to us Um, and there is a different fee structure in place for that Um, and what's called a search assignment Um, some of you might be more familiar with the term headhunt Um, or headhunting, so that's where we are paid to go out and specifically approach uh, a portion of the market who who aren't necessarily actively looking um, to try and generate the the right response to attract the best best talent. And there's a different fee structure for that. And then the final service uh, that we offer from a recruitment perspective is what's called um, RPO, so Recruitment Process Outsourcing and uh, Response Management. The basic difference between the two is um, an RPO, you would essentially take over the entire end-to-end recruitment process for a client. Um, And an an example of that, we've worked with Arsenal Football Club now for I think coming up to 10 years where um, every year we'll do a seasonal campaign for them where they need to recruit around 500 staff. So we will advertise, do the initial assessment. Um, Arsenal then... We'll assess the candidates uh, themselves, come up with a list of people that they would like to take forward to offer. Um, we'll deal with the um, uh, with the, the the rejections for the people that, that haven't been successful, and we'll communicate to that, uh, that, that we'll communicate it to them. Um, and then we will manage the process from offer. So we'll offer the candidates that have been successful, do all of the referencing checks, send out the contracts, etc and then the candidates start on their on their day. So the only involvement that Arsenal Football Club have is when they actually assess candidates um, and then when they actually start. So we take all of the pressure off them. With response management, the basic difference between the two is you don't do the, uh, the offer piece and the, the reference checking. So we'll do the advertising, the initial assessments, The candidates that aren't successful, we will let them know. The candidates that are successful, the client then manages. So that's the basic difference between the two. Um, And those are the the range of recruitment services, the main ones uh, that we offer. There are some other things that we do that are more bespoke. um, But I guess in terms of what you guys would potentially be getting involved with um, if you are interested and do go through the process and are successful, those are the key areas that you would be involved with. But if you want to have a look at the other uh, services that we do offer clients, jump onto our website because it's the the, uh, the full details on there. So, looking at the
0: markets that we cover, and we will break this down over the next couple of slides to look at um, types of roles um, and different clients that we do work with. But the main markets that we would look at would be online platforms. So again, that's incredibly broad, but obviously anything online. Retail, hospitality, and leisure. Um, So yeah, pretty much what it says on the tin. And then looking across healthcare, wholesale, and financial services as well. So we'll go into a little bit more detail on the areas that we cover on there. So these are some of the areas that we would look at. Um, I mean, it's all pretty self-explanatory, but I think the main point that I want to make here is that we would service whatever the recruitment needs would be of that particular client. So this may well be a retailer, but we would support with whatever function they needed to recruit for. Quite a good example of that is um, a company, Neptune, who whom I work with quite closely. Um, obviously, they're a homeware um, business, have showrooms across the country. Um, I recently filled a property manager position with them. So it might not necessarily be just those store management positions that one might assume with it being a retailer. So looking at some of the areas like you can see in front of you, so human resources, for example, that could be anything from HR advisor, recruitment, payroll, HR manager, finance, obviously anything within the financial areas of accounts payable, finance director, um, general management would be any type of store based roles um, or area roles, e-commerce, is another really really broad term, so they could be positions such as data analysts, front end developers, e commerce managers. The list is pretty endless when it comes to that area, um, and obviously senior appointments, um, which is something that we've been working quite recently. Jason,
1: yes, it is. So um, just to, just to give you a bit of a, an idea as to the sort of salaries that we would typically work at. So most of our uh, most of the roles that we recruit for are that kind of mid range level. So sort of late 30s early 40s up to sort of 60k um we do some uh, some, some lower level recruitment at a supervisor uh, level but senior appointments are the the big hitting roles so these are executive appointments with a a six-figure salary um, we've actually just finished a, a project for a new american business which is launching in the uk in the coming weeks and um, we were briefed on one uh, position, which was an international sales director. Um, and we actually ended up supporting to recruit an entire team for the UK. So really, really great project to work on. We ended up recruiting an international brand manager um, and a global creative, uh, sorry, an international brand director and a global creative director. So really exciting um, uh, project to work on. Um, all sort of six-figure salaries, um, and the, the 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 general range for senior appointments would be anything from sort of 100 up to 250, maybe 300K.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, as I mentioned with the general management roles, I think you just mentioned there, Jason, it would really be anything from sort of a 16K supervisor all the way up to... Uh, to the top really. Um, The other two points um, on here, again, pretty self-explanatory procurement, so that could be all levels across buying and merchandising, and then naturally supply chain, distribution, uh, that type of thing as well.
1: Okay, so we thought we'd give you a little bit of a flavour as to the the clients that we work with. Um, So there's some brands up there that we're currently working with now. Um, I think what is important to say is that there's two types of of client that we work with. So one would be what's called a a PSL client. So PSL stands for preferred supplier list. So when RHR is on a PSL, that essentially means that the client will brief you on fairly regular work. Um, Sort of every month, there'll be different positions across different areas Um, And then you've got other clients that brief you on just one-off roles. They might be a little bit smaller and looking for a particular um, particular, um, type of hire because somebody's left. Um, They might be a smaller business and don't have so many needs. But what I would say is that a PSL client or a one-off client, they're both as important to us. Any client that we work with um, is a fantastic client to us. Um, to, to, to list some of the uh, the businesses up there, so Paul talked about online platforms. Um, we we work with um, with eBay. We've worked with QVC, as I mentioned earlier. Misguided um, within healthcare and, and uh, social care, the NHS, the Human Tissue Authority. Um, there's a lot of retail and hospitality businesses on there as well. The wholesalers, Campari Group, William Grant and Sons. Um, so it's a it's a real wide-ranging array of clients but the key thing is that those are the clients that we're working with now in two months time it will look quite different there will be those PSL clients that are still on there but there'll be some new ones on there as well that have um, either approached us to work with them or we've approached them.
0: So the role of a recruitment consultant, um, this is a question that, like I said at the beginning, I do get asked quite regularly. And I think to simplify it really is just almost looking at what you will be doing. So attraction, selection and delivery. And let's break that down in a bit more detail. So the attraction piece really is what it says on the tin. So looking at getting the right candidates for the vacancies that we've got. So this is purely looking at from a, from a candidate perspective right now. So how do you get the right candidates for the vacancies you're working on? Well, it really isn't one size fits all. Um, More often than not, when we are working on a vacancy, the client themselves will have done the basics. And what I mean by the basics is they'll have probably advertised by their own website. They'd have looked at some internal options and they may have put some non-branded adverts out there as well. So we can't necessarily just rely on one method of attraction because obviously that might not be working, hence the reason that they need to, to engage with ourselves. So advertising, yes, we would advertise via our own platforms and our own website. We do have access to our own database, which is obviously candidates who have registered with us previously or candidates that we might already be actively working with. So we are able to tap into that that network. Our network does go wider than our own database. So it's asking for referrals, um, looking at perhaps things like our LinkedIn network that we might have built up over time. So really just tapping into that and speaking to as many people as possible.
1: And then I there is... Um, so, uh, j- just to jump in, I think there's um, a, a good point to be made actually about the, uh, the, de- uh, the the database and our own internal network. We spoke earlier about the relationships that we have with the... The candidates that we work with and those regular updates and a real unique selling point of RHR is that a candidate may have into may have applied for a job two three years ago um, and we've kept in touch with that person throughout that period of time so they may have applied for a job through us uh, maybe weren't successful for one reason or another or decided it wasn't for them they may have then gone on to work for another business we would have kept in touch with that person and developed a, a relationship with them. And the, the, the point of difference that we've got is that we have access to a lot of passive job seekers that aren't applying on job boards that clients don't have access to. And that's what they're paying us for is those relationships and the, the ability to be able to find candidates that they can't because we've already got these established relationships. Sorry, Paul.
0: No, no, absolutely. Because it is, it's a great point, because I think I've had it a number of times where, you know, that assistant manager that you spoke to a year ago has actually now had two promotions. And probably if they're based in a quite a difficult area, they know the market there locally better than the, what we do. But we can tap into that through through the candidates that we are working with. So it was a really good point. Um, my last point really on the attraction piece would be headhunting. So, you know, making those direct approaches Jason mentioned previously, to those people who aren't necessarily likely to apply into an advert um, or perhaps going to be looking. So that's really the main thing around attraction and, and how you would, would do that. The selection piece um, is, is really about once you get those candidates, how do you then make sure that those candidates are right for the vacancy that you've actually been asked to support with? So Actually, all of the candidates that we work with have been put through a competency-based one-hour interview. So that would be something that you would be doing, would be conducting those one-hour interviews to obviously understand a little bit more about the candidate's experience, but actually, what are their motivations and why perhaps might they be suitable for the role? So that's really just about the selection piece and seeing whether they are going to be the right fit. If they are the right fit, it's all about delivery. So sending the CV over to the client and then obviously managing that candidate through that recruitment process. So there's a number of things that we would do. Um, briefing calls. So briefing them before every single stage of that interview process. Um, supporting with that preparation. Obviously, interview processes range. Um, you know, we have talked about the wide spectrum of roles that we recruit for. So sometimes they could be prep work. Debriefing calls as well. So once that interview has been completed, speaking with the candidate, finding out if they have any questions or concerns, all the way through that process, even to negotiating salary, Um, help dealing with counter offers as well, which is more common than what people would think, Um, and obviously managing them through to that first day and then beyond as well. There are some other areas of the role and this is obviously just one element to it from a candidate perspective. Um, Obviously, I'm doing a workshop um, I've been involved in podcasts. um, So we do go above and beyond um, as well in regards to that that piece.
1: Okay, so from a client perspective, um, what what do we do for clients? What as a consultant would you be doing day-to-day um, from a client perspective, so development would be the first one. Um, and what I mean by development is, is business development and um, bringing on new clients, uh, utilising our existing uh, client network to be able to to take on more vacancies. Um, and that's about um, sometimes cold calling, sometimes speaking to candidates that you have had that are are now contacts to understand how they recruit um some of it will be sort of colder colder calling some of it slightly warmer um you'll be looking at your own branding on on things like LinkedIn um, so Paul mentioned the uh, the podcasts that we do um, the workshops that we do um that th- these are all things that not many other agencies um in fact I, I can only think of maybe one or two agencies in our market that do the um the webinars, but there's no agency out there in our core markets that that have anything like any uh, podcasts or anything like that. So from a client perspective, we actually do quite a lot around our own branding. Um, And because of the reputation that we've got in the marketplace, um, when clients do have vacancies, more often than not, um, we are one of the the first agencies that they do think of to, to pick the phone up and understand how we can help. Um, So once you've once you've got the relationship with a client through that development side of things, it's then about your understanding. And what we mean by the understanding is, well, what does that client look for when hiring? What's their environment like? What's their culture like? Um, Why do people enjoy working there? It takes time to understand these things. And the approach that we take would be to spend time in their stores in their environment, we go and meet with the clients face-to-face. When we take a job brief, we take a full job brief. It's not just the case of somebody emails us and says, have you got any uh, HR advisors in London on £35,000? We take a full and detailed job brief to understand what they're looking for. We also help them try and understand what exactly it is they're looking for because some clients may have an understanding for the level that they're looking to recruit, but not necessarily the understanding of what's out there in the marketplace. So that um, market intelligence that we have, we, we use to support with their recruitment needs. Um, the final one would be delivery. Um, so as the uh, as the account manager of the client, you would be organizing interviews, you'd be sending over candidate feedback, you would be liaison with the client over their feedback um, you would be managing the, the the recruitment process when it comes to making an offer um, you'll be the, the the kind of intermediary between the client and rhr on what the offer is um, and you will need to give them some support because sometimes clients clients think that um one offer is competitive but we have access to um the the the, the knowledge of the entire market. So we do give them that feedback and that guidance on what the offer should look like, or if there is a counter-offer scenario that needs to be dealt with, how we best go about doing it. We actually had um, uh, a, an example yesterday, as it happens, where um, we had a, a candidate interviewed for quite a senior role, um, that they were interviewed two weeks ago. Client came back yesterday and said, sorry for the delay, um, we we love the candidate. We want to make an offer. We actually went back to the client and said we can't make an offer. Um, it would be entirely the wrong thing to do, given that the, the length of time it's been to then go back and, and make an offer. That that candidate experience, it's not quite there. The candidate was already thinking, "Oh, it's probably a no because it's taken a while." So we actually said to the client to put another stage in. Um, And that stage didn't necessarily have to be an assessment, but would be something to re-engage with the candidate to get their interest up. Um, So that interview is actually taking place tomorrow. So it's advising them on their recruitment process to get the right hire. For us, it's about partnering with the client and not just trying to to make a quick buck, because what we could have done is offered the candidate and, and hoped for the best. But the reality is that they probably wouldn't have taken it because there they needed to be some more re-engagement. So that's essentially what you would do from a client perspective. So what do we look for in our consultants? One of the key things to, to let you know is we don't recruit purely based on experience, we recruit on competencies. Yes, if you've worked in a sales-focused environment, it does put you at an advantage because you're used to selling. But I came from retail management, it wasn't assisted selling. Paul came from retail management, that wasn't really assisted selling. Fashion, there's a little bit of selling in there, but it's not the type of selling that we do. Most of our consultants at one time in their career have worked in retail hospitality or one of our other core markets. Um, But we will look at anybody if you have the right behaviours and competencies so you can see that they're up on screen so motivation is somebody motivated to work in a target driven environment which is commission-led um, not everybody is and you do need to ask yourselves do i want to work in an environment where there are targets and that i if i hit those targets i will make money and commission because not everybody enjoys selling, so it is important that you are honest with yourself. We look for your influencing skills. So another word for influencing is selling. Um, can you be persuasive? Do you understand what m- motivations are, both from a client and a candidate perspective? And are you able to? Uh, are you able to, to successfully influence both a client and a candidate? Um, to be able to to get the result that the client and the candidate is looking for. Um, We look at your interpersonal skills. um, People buy from people. If you've got strong interpersonal skills, the likelihood is that you're probably going to be quite good at selling. If you have poor interpersonal skills, um, I must admit I've never gone into a shop and spent money with somebody that I haven't engaged with throughout the sales process. If I've not liked them, it's put a negative um, spin on my experience. so generally, if you like somebody, the sales process is a lot easier. Um, we have um, quite a, uh, quite an easy test for interpersonal skills is would you enjoy just going to the pub and having a drink with them? Because if the answer is yes, then you've clearly got good interpersonal skills. Um, we look at your, uh, communic- your communication skills. Um, essentially, it's your ability to be able to get points across uh, effectively. Are you succinct um, in the way that you put your points across? Does it make sense? Um, And then the final one would be resilience. Um, There are a lot of ups and downs. I'd ask Parminder just to uh, mute yourself, sorry. Um, Final competency is resilience. There's lots of ups and downs in sales. Um, Resilience is the ability to to be able to to bounce back after disappointments. Um, and to be able to get over them, because I'll be honest, there are more disappointments than there, there, there are uh, positives, because if there were more positives, then, uh, then clearly we'd, um, we'd all be millionaires. But there are, there, there are setbacks that you do have to deal with. And the ability to, to be resilient and bounce back is really, really key.
0: So um, a question that I get asked quite regularly uh, for people in the process or before joining us is, you know, what training can you expect from ourselves? Like Jason mentioned, we don't always hire purely on experience. It's more around about those core skills that we've just talked about then. So just to give you a bit of a flavor for what we would be uh, giving you some training around, um, sourcing candidates. Um quite important. So how to headhunt candidates? What is the best way of doing that in the most effective way? A lot of times people won't have been in a situation where they've had to call and headhunt someone if they haven't had that recruitment experience. So we will give you the training and the tools that you need to be able to do that in the best way. Writing job copy. um, Again, I mean, I came from a retail management background and I didn't do any written work really except some trade reports in in my role so having to sit there and actually write competent job adverts wasn't something that i'd done regularly so just having a bit of a refresher around basic grammar really and and how to to word things in the right way is really useful so we will do some work with you around that to make sure that the adverts you are putting out are at the right level to get the best candidates Um, and looking at the attraction side of things again you know using things like CV banks LinkedIn, um, how to navigate them in the right way, how to do the correct searches, how to build your network on platforms like LinkedIn. We will give you all training in regards to that to make sure that we are using those tools. Once you get the candidates, obviously assessing candidates, as we touched on, you will be conducting hour-long competency-based interviews. So Again, Many people might not have conducted an interview before. Um, Coming from a retail management background, I had conducted interviews. They weren't quite at the right level as what we would have been looking for for ourselves. Um, So looking at effective interview techniques, how to ask open-ended questions, how to establish competencies, how to understand the candidates' motivations and what they're looking for. So again, we will show you how to do that. From a client perspective, just really around simple things like managing uh, client expectations. Once you get that job, brief, if you don't think that's something that's right, how do you then influence that client to perhaps expand that job brief or change the job brief in some way? Um, And obviously dealing with challenging conversations that you might have, um, that could be anything from, fees to the brief that they're looking at to anything really we will teach you how to handle those conversations in, in the most effective way and I think while we're on the topic of training you know you will be given this training initially but training is something that's ongoing you know we have training on a weekly basis we will pick various different subjects which we feel are relevant it's often a case of having refreshers or looking at new areas so yeah seven years in the business and I'm still having weekly training so it's something
1: that is constantly ongoing OK, so we said at the beginning that we tell you about the reasons why you should work in recruitment. Um, certainly now, it's it's very, very financially rewarding. There is a recruitment boom in certainly core markets in retail, hospitality and leisure. Um, there For the last probably 12 to 15 months, there's been no recruitment activity at all um, because of the, uh, the COVID pandemic and the lockdown. Now that we are out of the other side, there is a massive shortage of candidates that clients aren't able to recruit directly themselves, so they have got to come to us. Um, our last three months' trading has been sensational, so there is the ability to earn a lot of money. Um, it's competitive and fun. Whilst we don't recruit against a CV or a particular background, um, we do all have the same um, sort of characteristics. So we are all very competitive. Um, we do like to win. Um, we we do have a lot of social events, which we'll come on to um, in, in, the, uh, uh, in, in the later slides. But let's just say that our quiz night and our bingo nights um, do get quite, quite raucous and quite competitive. Um, working in recruitment, you're able to take control of your own performance. If you have worked in an environment where your performance is is really measured by the team that you you manage, then this is is the ability to take control of your own career and your own destiny. The, The way that we work, we have specific criteria to be promoted, which is based on individual performance. It's not based on a collective performance. So you are able to be promoted as soon as you have achieved what is in the contract of employment, uh, that you need to achieve for that next level. So we've had consultants that have uh, joined at an entry level that have been promoted within a year, promoted again within a year, promoted again within a year, and in sort of three, four five years time they're actually working at the at the most senior level earning probably eighty to a hundred thousand pounds a year. Um, the the role there is a lot of variety in there. One day you could be recruiting for an area manager, in London for a skincare business the next day you might have the NHS call you and say we need a procurement manager um, because we need somebody to go out and and procure PPE for us Um, you also have the ability to make a real impact to the clients that we work with Um, I mentioned to you the American business that is coming over to the UK three or four months ago I'll be honest I hadn't heard of them three or four months ago, they had a dream to um, set up in the UK. They weren't sure how they were gonna do it. They imparted basically the entire process to me to manage. And I've had that impact to say, I've recruited for a whole team for this business and their success is gonna be based on the people that I've brought in. That is a massive impact that I've had on that, on that business. Um, and then the final one is, is we are a people orientated business. We work with candidates. We work with clients. They're both people. Um, if you enjoy speaking to people, you enjoy um, the, the challenge of, uh, of working in an, in an environment where the product is people and the product is clients, then this is the right sort of environment for you.
0: So looking at the challenges of uh, working in recruitment and, you know, this is a very honest, you know, I'll be very honest around some of the the challenges that you will face and some of you may be familiar with uh, the type of environment that it would be but ultimately you are working towards targets so you will be given a financial target, um, but there'll also be internal key performance indicators to support you to achieve that target so not everything is going to go to plan. Um, and obviously things might get a little bit difficult, but you need to be able to think outside the box and not necessarily be afraid of working in a targeted environment where you will be held accountable ultimately for achieving those targets. Um, that isn't for everybody. Um, but that, that is the reality of the situation and with any sales environment, you will His rejection. You're going to hear no a lot more than you're going to hear yes. Hopefully, as you gain confidence and you get more experience, you will start hearing a few more yeses than no's, But especially in the beginning, um, as you are finding your feet and learning the ropes and building your desk, you will start hearing no a lot more than yes. So it's really that ability to pick yourself up. Because actually that last no that you just had might be just before the yes that you're going to have. And and what I mean by that, by saying no's and yeses, it could be in any sense. It could be trying to headhunt a particular candidate for a role. It could be trying to develop a new client relationship. So there's lots of different areas where you need to have that, that resilience, really. Pressure. Um, as with any sales job, like it relates to targets, there is that pressure. What I tend to find is that motivated people um, and, and sales oriented people, the greatest pressure that you apply is the one that you apply on yourself. And naturally, there is gonna be expectations from line managers and, and from the business. There will be that support to you know get you to where you need to be, but there is naturally gonna be that, that element of pressure because obviously a job like this, it has highs and lows. Um, we we say quite often that you could have the worst morning ever, um, an okay afternoon, and actually quite a positive finish to the day. So it can be that much of a roller coaster. Equally, on on a bigger scale, you really can have months where you think everything you touch turns to gold, then you might have a month where it's absolute famine um, for no particular reason. Um, but you've got to not let it dishearten you. That's just the nature of it, um, and you've got to be able to to thrive in that kind of environment. And Finally, just be be prepared to work hard. Um, It is a fun environment, um, but it is a hard environment. You've got to be capable of juggling multiple plates at any given time and not necessarily getting too focused on one task at hand as well. But I think if you are prepared to take on all those, then
1: you'll be fine. Okay, so why choose RHR over anybody else that works in either our core markets or recruitment. So we have an uncapped commission scheme. Um, there is a genuine opportunity for people to come in without recruitment experience um, and in within two years be earning a, a, an overall salary of 50K. We have a very, very generous holiday allowance. So um, you, with service, can get up to 39 days holiday. Um, We have flexible working. We have flexible working before COVID. We will have flexible working after COVID. Um, At the moment, we have a a hybrid model where we're two or or three days in the office, two or three days from home. As you can probably see from my screen, I'm currently sat in my kitchen. Um, Paul's currently sat in the London office. Um, So there is that flexibility around where you need to work. We have a really entrepreneurial culture. Um, Peter set the business up. Um, That entrepreneurial culture has filtered down and through the business. And we encourage people to come up with their own ideas, um, to challenge what we do, to challenge the way we look at things. And we continually evolve. Um, Our workshops and our podcasts came from an idea of a consultant that worked for us. Um, It was a brilliant idea. We thought, yeah, this is something that we do need to get involved with and that we do need to to get on board with. So we did. Um, We offer financial support for education and training. Um, We've had a lot of consultants that wanted to complete their CIPD. um, So we have supported them to be able to do that. Um, We've got a great office location in London. Um, It's very close to, to Paddington. Um, it's in a place called Little Venice. Um, and as the name suggests, it looks a little bit like Venice. Um, absolutely beautiful. We are um, renovating our, our office space now. Um, so in the next couple of months, we're going to have a nice, shiny new office. Um, we offer Perk Box to all of our employees. For those of you that have never heard of Perk Box, there are literally hundreds of perks that you can get from mobile phone insurance to mental health um, and counselling to free coffees from Costa Coffee um, to free cinema tickets to discounts on shopping at Tesco and Waitrose. Um, there's loads of things that um, that you can take advantage of. I mentioned earlier the social events. Um, I think off the top of my head, we have eight or nine social events throughout the course of the year that are pre-planned. Um, things like um, our end of year presentation, which is actually next Friday. Um, We have barbecues, we have quiz nights, we have bingo nights, we have, I think probably the most popular is the karaoke night.
0: Just say karaoke night, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, We have client parties, both in the summer and the winter. Um, Obviously, we haven't had them over the last year or so with the the restrictions, but as soon as we are able to do so, there will be one hell of a party to celebrate. We also have, um, and this is Uh, A really key point and it shows um, our our honesty and integrity value. We have an open salary policy and what that means is that every person within our organisation knows what basic salary their colleagues are on and the reason for that is there is no inconsistency, there is no unfairness, there are no um, sneaky deals done with a particular consultant to, uh, to keep them to, uh, to, to stay with us or because they're, they're the favorite or anything like that. There is a quality for every single man and woman that works for our HR. Um, and then the final thing would be the ongoing training and development. There are not many businesses out there that invest as much as we do in our training and development. As Paul said, Paul's been with the business seven years. He he has training weekly to make sure that he can be the best version of himself um, to be the best recruiter that he can possibly be. And um, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to RHR Talks. In order to keep updated on future episodes, make sure to subscribe via Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. The best way to be kept up to date on vacancies and content would be to follow RHR on LinkedIn and register via our website at www.rhr.co.uk. If you're looking to hire and are interested in finding out more about all of the recruitment and advertising services we offer, then do reach out directly to any of our consultants or call 0207 432 8888.